Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John avoids scary movies and invests in some good knee braces. Meanwhile, I ponder the most laid-back of the martial arts and tell the true story of the time a woman brought her own tank to fight in a war. Plus a conversation about negative engagement online and whether the algorithm is creating or merely reflecting our current culture. Today's episode is not sponsored by filming concerts with your phone. When you want a low-quality video with distorted audio and also want to annoy those around you, try filming concerts with your phone. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art, inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Johnny, I'm just going to jump right in and say it's another episode to talk about that. I, I try to have something pithy usually. Do you have a segue or anything? Well, I mean, I just thought, why, you, you think maybe the listener's tired of it? Like, what is John going to say today? I mean, it's not like it's groundbreaking. You know what's groundbreaking? Huh. This podcast. Like, it doesn't need an introduction. Yeah. I mean, but technically that was the introduction. So yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like there was the old guy that there was a movie where the guy said like I'm not gonna hit you. He walks up to a girl. I'm not gonna hit you with some line. <laughs> okay, you know I'm not that guy. And she goes, Yeah, you are. But not having a line is your, is line. your line, right? <laughs> so that's what you did. You were that guy now, right? Like what sort of jerk would say something here? <sighs> right. It's okay. Um. But, so I don't know if you know this. But I took a little trip recently. You went to Mickey's place. Which I understand some of our listeners may be like, oh, great. Another trip from John and Johnny, which you're way worse. Yeah. Because you, of course, you're out professionally doing it. We had one listener who messaged me that said they thought Carlo was a little hard on you for being excited about going to Disney because he was a Florida native and kind of like poo-pooed the central Florida vacation people. And we know he didn't know until he listened to the whole episode that like Carlo and us have a thing. We go back and forth and Carlo was just whatever. He was like, God, why is Carlo just browbeating John about this? I thought of Carlo. Yeah. When... When you all got the of, bill? Correct. Whenever all started adding uh, up. I looked at it, I was like He's right. Disney has gone up We could have gone to France for this. It's gone up at least fifty percent yeah. since the last time. I would say forty to fifty percent. <sighs> and I did not like you have to pay now. Again, it was fine. And it Wait worked. A minute. Hold on. You didn't have to pay before? We just snuck in before. Good <laughs> great. You know the fence code. You can have all the Disney you want. Now it's like if you want to ride the best ride in each park, you got to pay even extra. And if you want to be able to uh-huh. get what used to be fast passes, they're now called Lightning Lane. 
you have to pay every morning for oh, Genie this feels, Plus. It's like it's very. This feels very. And they name it something kid friendly and cool. Right. I want Genie Plus, Dad. But you don't pay for a Genie. You rub a lamp. Right. If you have to pay the Genie, you got to buy the lamp though first. <sighs> that's what happens. You inadvertently end up with a lamp that came from an antique shop that you didn't know was a magical lamp, right? Right. That's how I want to get into. You Disney. should accidentally get it. You should be like, "What is this old relic on the ground?" Yes. And you pick it up, and it Walt Rub Disney's it. Walt Disney's frozen visage appears. It's like you can ride Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at two o'clock for free. By the way, anyone cured my disease yet? <laughs> like he's hoping to come back. I don't know if he's really frozen. Anyone? The, what did Walt Disney die of? Um, old age, right? I think old age. Okay. You can't cure that, Johnny. Not so and guys, much. That's our show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got what we need. Um, no, I, I, it was great, mm-hmm. but Carlo was right. Like, wow, we could have done a lot. No, he was right. And, uh, he was a little mean. No, Carlo. We love oh, you. Carlo. I, I love that interview. I thought he was great. I don't know why you've been dogging him ever since. <laughs> I'm upset so. with Carlo and we're going to have it out, but not physically because Carlo is a brown belt in yeah. Brazilian jujitsu, right? Yeah. I don't know what he is. It's a, I think that's what he practices. Oh, wow. Muay Thai. He's going to be like. Which is very Thai. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know. I don't know the exact. I don't know either. But I thought after that uh-huh. episode, I thought I think I want to start doing martial arts training. Yeah. Like I mean, I thought about it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. But I thought if I was a better person who's going to make like, a major life change, I don't yeah. think I would go do that. Okay. It's a good thing I'm not. So you're pondering. Right. You're pondering the life change. Right. That's the first step. I don't know if it is. In a way, that is a martial art because you're meditating. There you go. That's what I want to do. I want to do, it seems to me like Tai Chi, and I've never done it, but when you see it in the movies, people are like, I practice Tai Chi. They're just kind of sitting in a room and doing a lot of just moving their arms. This stuff. Yeah. And it feels very meditative and just like you can almost fall asleep doing it. I don't think it's a fighting. But you're like, I want that part. I want something I can almost fall asleep to. But if somebody attacks you, you're like, hold on now. It feels like it's very slow motion, Tai Chi. Maybe I'm wrong. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they... I got my wallet. Like you just, <laughs> you're very, you try to lull them into a false sense of security, don't you? They're like, why are you talking like this? Give me your wallet. And you're yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, right away. My... Sure thing. Uh, we'd like to apologize to the uh, Tai Chi community. Yeah, I'm sorry if we have a we lot don't of... really know anything about it. We don't know anything. We're done. Well, you do. It just feels, I've seen, you know, it feels like there's a lot of sitting, you know, cross legged and just like getting into, see, getting that, centered. That's where I was out because I'll, I'll go numb. No. Do you ever, is your, does your leg go to sleep whenever you sit with your legs crossed? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, my legs go to sleep when I'm on the toilet too long. <laughs> I, I'm not in good shape, John. <laughs> Are you like to sleep right now? Yeah, they're, they're getting there. <laughs> yeah, so I ran into a buddy yesterday who is into, and I told him, I was like, we got to get together because he's into this pickleball craze. Oh, it's everywhere. They're building courts everywhere. He got in early. I know our pastor and mm. great friend Andrew, he yeah. got into pickleball like right at the edge of the trend. Right, it was just called cucumber ball back then. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it just, had it, had, it had to get ready. It wasn't quite there. <laughs> and didn't he like tear his knee up? He like, uh, he's one of these guys that like tears his ACL, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to get it fixed. He it off. Yeah. I just don't have an ACL anymore. Yeah. Andrew, I can't. he wills away injuries and sickness all the time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He's like LeBron. LeBron will just snap his ankle, then he'll go like tie his shoes. He'll like retie his shoes right. tight, and then he's back in the play, and you're like, okay, LeBron, um, what's right. what are you on? 
Right. How tough are your shoestrings? Yeah. Right. He's just tightening it up. You just tighten it tight. Maybe he's pulled the tendons out of his ankle and now he ties his shoe. That's what him. his shoestring is. Right. It's tendon. Right. I don't know. But I want to try pickleball. It looks kind of like it's you're standing on the ping pong table. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> don't you think? It's a like a bit. it's like a wiffle ball. It's a plastic ball right. that bounces, but not like like a racquetball would. Mm-hmm. So it's got some give to it. And but you have time to react, so it's like a ping. It's like giant giant ping pong. It's what it looks like to me. If you combine tai chi with pickleball, you'd have all the time in the world to react. Oh man! It's like I wonder if is is it the, is it the same rules uh-huh. of racquetball or, or sorry of tennis? I think obviously. so. But I, I know there's doubles, and I call I th- yesterday. I go, can Curry play? Can we do like a couples? And he goes, it's doubles. I go, oh, I guess that's. Oh my! I, I don't mean to. Who whoa, said hey. this to you? Uh, it was my friend Kevin. Oh my gosh! I don't know if he's a listener, but he was being an elitist, right? He now. was. He was being a little. He was right. shaming me a little bit, like, <laughs> <laughs> what sort of fool would call it? And couples. I did ask him. I go, can I borrow your? I don't want to buy gear. You I said, go, can How I borrow much? your racket? He was like, uh, it's called a paddle. Or well, and I, they're like five hundred. He has like a five hundred dollar. Are they called paddles? I don't know what they're called. I thought it was racket. I think it's a racket. It's a, this whole thing's a racket. <laughs> uh, is what I think. <laughs> Why are they so expensive? Aren't they smaller? Well, they have. And are hitting a wiffle well, ball. Well, you have it. What's what I'm saying is it's like if you show up uh, to uh, whatever and somebody's got the nice golf clubs. Yeah. They have an advantage, especially if they're good. Do they, though? Well, not against not me because I'm – there's right. no advantage any greater than just Tiger being, Woods clubs yeah. and it wouldn't They're matter. manually operated. Right. But I think he did say, like, you can borrow – I have five. He has five. Like, and he has a bunch of cheap ones. He's like, wow. you borrow one of my cheapies and then we'll – I go, you're going to pound me. Let me have the good one. And so let me you see played? Them. No, 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 we haven't. Oh. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it happen because I really want to try it. I'm trying to get into a new. I feel like something. when you come back from this story, you're gonna be wearing. I'm gonna a have brace. a torn ACL. Right. Yeah, there's gonna be a brace of some sort. Two of them, maybe a cast. The Forrest Gump ones with the brackets on the side. Do they still make kids wear those? Um, you ever see those anymore? Yeah, but they're not shiny metal. Okay. Usually they're it's like, like a titanium. Yeah, it's a matte finish covered in some sort of like soft. Yeah. Material kids can be mean when uh, still they're, they're still to mean yeah uh, don't mean to me uh, I at, at volleyball tournaments they have all these booths set up and uh-huh. like they have these special ankle braces and stuff now oh okay and I almost stopped stopped and bought a few just to have well I because you got some trick ankles well we both between the two of us I've not hurt my ankle of course I've not played basketball right. we haven't all, played in a long time so but I mean just r- I run in a straight line I'm, I'm, pre- straight I'm pretty line. good I'm pretty good yeah. Generally in a straight line. <laughs> I, uh, Under the advice of counsel, I don't want to say anything. I don't anymore. want to say anything else, yeah. Um, but I thought if we do get to play basketball again soon. We need some braces. That I want to be proactive. Yeah. I want to prophylactically. Just, just get a full body cast. I mean, maybe. I thought I could do my knees uh-huh. and my ankles and just put braces on everything. The, the things you were just talking about, like the Forrest Gump stuff, but the one that's made for athletes that do. Oh, yeah. Like, could you imagine me just walking out like this bionic player? Yeah, they're going to be like, what has gotten into John? And then when I'm slow, I'll be like, guys, sorry, it's all the braces, you know. But wow. I have a great excuse for that. But Well, yeah, it's true. When things start, you're like, oh, man, I just feel like I got my legs are heavy today. Yeah, they yeah, are. You have right. eight pounds of metal on them, <laughs> you loser. I don't know. So speaking of mean kids, oh. I don't get a ton of, like, negative feedback on my social media stuff, which has been, like, almost weird. Interesting. Like, for a while on my dry bar, I was like, are they going through and filtering out because it's yeah. so positive? And then I saw a few other people specialists and like, no, they're not. If they are, they're asleep at the wheel. You're like, I'm just that good. No, I don't want to be that either uh-huh. because I get, you know, one one out of 100 people will be like, you know, they'll say What's something. Wrong with you? But sometimes every now and again, and I never usually respond, 
to a mean comment. I'll just be like, whatever. Because you're afraid. Yes, I'm afraid okay. of that person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Curry, why would you say that online? I'm right here. Just, <laughs> just tell me. Say it to my face. Tell me in person. Please No, I'm, I'm always like, I leave them now because my social media people have advised me that those drive engagement more. So it's like they're giving you a free push. Interesting. So when you go delete that, like a thousand more people would have saw that video probably. You know. So, so you're just asking for negative feedback. I'm not, but I just, because it hurts my feelings so bad. <laughs> hey, hey, podcast family. Yeah. What we need from you. Well, I have, I've heard comedians talk about this. One comedian said, uh, they said, do the, the negative comments hurt your feelings? He goes, yes, a lot. He goes, but I don't want to remove that part of my personality and become callous that because that's the same sensitivity that makes me write jokes. And I think that's yeah. true. There's something to it. Like the way you see the world is this extra sensitive antenna are up, but it also makes you more susceptible to like being mm. just trashed. Yeah. By somebody. So anyway, every now and again, I'll get a negative comment. And somebody wrote me yesterday, I had a video that's been up, and it's got hundreds of thousands of views, all positive comments for the most part, tons of likes and shares. And then this guy goes, you ain't funny, you never were. It was just one of those. Oh, kind of, wow. And I was like, whatever. Sometimes I'll click on there. If I got nothing to do, I'll <laughs> click on there. I just want to go see what their deal is. Right. And so nine times out of 10, John, they have a very specific kind of profile. And this guy for sure filled the fit the bill. I swear to you, he's taken like his last five posts. He had taken these online quizzes that you can take to see what personality type you oh, are. Wow. And it said, I swear to you, his first post after having left, left the horrible thing to me two days ago, he took an online quiz and it said, you are 98% empath. <laughs> I was like, okay. Are you though? Are you, for sure? I don't... Like I want to comment under him. You're not an empath and you never, you know, whatever. You never were. <laughs> But it's just so funny, like, that lack of self – like, it just proves that yeah. those personality quizzes, you can give them the right information because he's right. not an empath. No. He's not like, I bet this would really hurt Johnny's feelings, so I won't say it. He was right. like, I want to hurt this person. Right. Because it'll make a, me feel better. I want to say something to a guy yeah. about a guy I've never met right. who's doing something that I could never do. Yeah. No, no I don't. I don't know that. Maybe he's sorry. That's John talking, not Johnny. Okay, I'm you're defending defend- my friend. I, thanks to you for thank yeah. for getting your dukes up. That's for right. Me. And I'm I'm sick of people coming after uh, Johnny. That one guy out of the hundreds of thousands of views. But I noticed that his name sounded a little like it was like uh, Ron Driver. <laughs> I thought that was a little. Um, and it was one of your old photos when you had hair. That was his profile <laughs> pic. No, I I am very pathetic. Everyone knows that. Uh, and listener, we know that you're empathetic to the needs of this podcast, mm. which is why we have sponsors, and that's why we would love for you to take just a second and hear what they have to say. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com. I should go leave a negative comment because now I know it drives traffic. Well, I don't. I think I've sent the wrong message here. I don't want people to just go start trolling uh, me just for fun. And clear, Johnny. Because I've made it clear, it hurts my feelings. But maybe I have feelings. How are you going to grow past that without the? I adversity? need. You're saying I need a bump in the road so that I can. Yeah. Huh. I actually had that. I was working. I need on an it. obstacle to throw my hat over, like the moon landing, right? Right. Which may or may not have happened. Mm-hmm. Guys, we. I believe the moon landing actually happened. Oh, okay. And Johnny is. A rabid conspiracy theorist. I think we went, got terrible footage, and had to fake it. You know what I'm saying? I think the footage was grainy, and they were like, we can't. We can't. Uh, so then they went to the soundstage in Arizona. The real footage they had. Well, this got there like nothing really happened. Yeah. It was just like, I mean, I don't know. 
NASA makes another appearance in our This Week in History this week. Do they so, really? Yeah. We've got a lot of space-related stuff that you didn't know about and I didn't know about that we're revealing on This oh. Week in History. So that's kind of fun. I like that. Well, I mean, someone has to finally talk about it. Exactly. And when are we going to start talking about space? <laughs> I was ta- asking my uh, former military friend yesterday, you know, because, you know, the Coast Guard is no longer a branch of the military. Okay. It was like moved now to Homeland Security, I think. Oh, so it's not called Coast Guard? It is, but it's it used to be it used to be it's under the umbrella. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Well, now it's Space Force too, right? Now Space Force is a new actual armed forces. Yes. What are we armed with? What are we arming those guys with? And I just I like I totally get if it's cyber. I wonder if that's what it is. If it's cyber type stuff or huh? Uh, security. I, I don't know. I'm just because you know there was a, a spoof comedy made called Space Force. Yeah, but that was about the actual thing. It's been out for a while. Right. But there space is force a Space has Force. A, we yes. actually have a Space Force. We do. And I just don't, and I'm not being, I'm not being cutesy. I, maybe there's somebody out there in the Space Force and they're like, you don't know the great right, work I we're saying, doing. I don't know what they're doing. And, yeah. and I, maybe it's something I'll want to join. I don't know. Do we know if there are, old. are there threats from space that we need to? I would imagine what the threat is, is again, Chinese satellites that oh, okay. may be equipped with. So, I mean, I would. But see, that would feel like Homeland Security to me, right? But that I doesn't guess, feel like space. Maybe they call it because it's satellite. maybe once you're in space, you stop calling it Homeland. You know what I'm saying? Like now you're in. So I get it. I, I suppose. Uh, in space, no one can hear you raise taxes <laughs> to pay for your exorbitant programs or whatever it is. I thought it was interesting reading the stuff post Reagan that the whole. Star Wars thing, the missile defense system that he kind of, right. you know, never worked. It, it never was a thing. Like it was yeah. a total uh, just poker bluff. But it worked because, well, we had more missiles, too. So we won the space. We won the space race. Then we won the missile race, the, you know, the armament. Yeah. And then we had Reagan that could really sell that. Look, if you shoot a missile at us, We're we have satellites shoot that shoot it down. And so that kind of like, you right. know. That and just communism fell because it's a failed system. Wow! And um, you didn't even ask me how. I mean, I just economic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just economically it didn't. So it's like all right. of that played into like us winning the Cold War. But it's just interesting that I wonder what would have happened. It's just like we talked about that with JFK before, where part of the reason that Khrushchev stood down at uh, in the Cuban Missile Crisis was that he got word that Kennedy was getting ready to announce war. Like he's going live. And so he goes, he just goes, we're done then because we can't risk it. And so he, he bails and stands down and all they were doing was replaying the old speech, like from a month ago, Hmm. but Khrushchev didn't know that. So it's like, if all these weird poker bluffs that happen in politics are so interesting to me, like you go through that sliding door of what could have happened if one guy had flinched. Yeah. It's so weird, you know. Scary stuff. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Things hinge upon very small butterfly effect type decisions, certainly. Um, Do you think that we've done some of that stuff? Do you think that there's like been moments where you go, man, would I, if I would have, could have, should have moments, John? You mean like in life and the podcast and our careers? What do you mean? <sighs> I don't differentiate between the three. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> this is, is my life. This podcast is my life and career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I often, you know, I was counseling with somebody the other day, like, you can never, you can never feel the weight of what never happened. Yeah. And so you're, you're always consigned to the reality that did. And so 
the negatives of the reality generally stick out to you more than the positives in a lot of ways, I think, for some of us at least. But you don't know what you avoided yeah, because it never happened. Yeah, you never really give yourself credit for the stuff. Yeah, I remember seeing a preacher talk about that one time. might have been T.D. Jakes. He said, have you ever thanked God for the stuff that you didn't face consequences for, hmm. that you deserved? Yeah. And I never really thought of it that way. You never really thought of like, yeah, God forgave my sin, but like, yeah, you also, you don't, I don't want to say you got away with it. It was I didn't feel like, well, yeah, I got, but that thing of like, you were protected yeah. in a way that you hadn't thought about before from the consequences of your actions. And I think you don't, for me at least, I don't have the same level of um, presentness and gratitude whenever I don't have the consequences yeah. I find that, you know, like my cancer scare, mm-hmm. I've, like I was for a month, I mean, just convinced I'm dying. Yeah. Begging God for help. Trusting if he, if I don't, if if I don't make it, it's okay. You know, and this is what I'm asking for. And I found myself a little more like, maybe it's in the forties, but how fast, it's not that I stopped being grateful for it, but how yeah. fast something else right. can now be my new stressor that's mm-hmm. of a much lesser life and death degree but i feel not equally as inflamed but like worry is almost like well your tank like my worry tank can be full in the same way my capacity for it and then it's like the perspective gets lost of oh and it really helps right now i'll stop and go especially during prayer times like oh i remember i was i didn't i wasn't sure if i'd be in chemo treatments right now Mm mm-hmm and now I'm worried about this <laughs> right. and compared to chemo treatments. Yeah. And I think that's just what hard, we just can't be even as grateful. I think maybe that's one of the reasons God allows hardship. I mean, you can't be as grateful or as aware of things that don't happen. It's yeah. like, it's like, I can't with Sadie, there are times you are like, why are you doing that? You know, with kids and teenagers, but you realize like they cannot understand the scope of it until until they've experienced it right. negatively or positively. So for me, I'm only speaking because I experienced that negatively. Now I know. But and I hate that idea. I wish we could learn by listening and all those things, and we do a lot. Yeah. But there's just some things we have to experience the hardship of in order to know. Um, interesting. So you just let Sadie touch the stove and stuff. What I kind of oh yeah, just like, let her. Just can't come over here. Look, look at the. Pretty I told lights. you. I told you to hold the handrail. Yeah, I'll see you at the bottom. That's the weird part. Is is in all seriousness, is not especially as a six, not preventing every yeah bad thing that could ever happen. Right. Um. Not. I mean, it's it's really hard. Because when they're little, yeah. then you are out to do that. Like, yeah, right, right, right. Really you got to bubble wrap your kids. Right. Yeah. And we were never a bubble wrap, like, you know, don't have, there's no germs, there's no, you know, right, we let right, her right. play and do her stuff. But I'm aware of where the road is at all uh-huh. time. I'm aware of sharp objects. I'm, you know, trying to, you know, uh, I'm aware of strangers. Like, I'm hypersensitive to those things, security, those kinds of things. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, she's at an age where, you know, she needs to experience mm-hmm. things. <laughs> so it's very jarring. Yeah. Uh, Right, especially if your kid's a klutz. What do you do then? <laughs> you know, you can't. Lord. My kid's an athlete. I right. wouldn't say, yeah, she's pretty, I mean, she's 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 not always completely, and I guess this is that teenage time. Of course, Laura, right. Laura and I laugh. We'll just be, I'll be in the house, I'll hear a, I'll hear a, ow. Right. And I'll go, what, are you okay? 
yeah, I just ran into the wall. Right. And I just am like. And it was Laura. Right. And I'm like, hey, the wall, did the wall move? Like, you know, then you start, now you're being mm-hmm. offensive. Right. Um, because you're 98% empath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> did the wall move, you loser? <laughs> hey, while you're up, give me a glass of tea. It's only, it's only when I know she's okay. I know. And then, but Which, no, it's. Yeah. But so I, I guess to say no, that's just a funny thing couples do, though. I think to oh, me that's absolutely. a funny. I don't like Curry and I. We sneeze in like a succession, like it's a Both of fi- five in a row. Like it's like if somebody starts sneezing in our marriage, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> and so we always go, "Bless you, bless you." And then on the third one, I go, "Now you're just embarrassing yourself." That there's there's always right. something, you know, right? Yeah, and I try to. If she the, the hard part is if she's really hurt. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'd said something bad, and yeah. now I really am a jerk. Or the wall did move, and you're like, no, hey, hey, we got ourselves a poltergeist. We- <laughs> <laughs> it turns out <laughs> this house was built on an Indian burial ground. We got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, I, the 80s horror uh, movies, man, well, weren't they the best? I, you never were into scary movies. Not a movies. big horror movie guy. Come on, I think man. I watched Poltergeist. Some, some no, I never watched that one. I didn't watch any of the spiritual stuff. That's the funny thing about oh, me. Oh, like, that's the stuff I hated. My, yeah. my mom would never let us watch that. But what it, I don't know. She wouldn't let us watch any of it. But the stuff we watched was like slasher films. You know, yeah. somebody's killing a bunch of kids at a camp right. with a Ooh, hatchet. That's totally fun. Nothing yeah. spiritual going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like you could stop the guy, maybe. Right. You know. He's just a psychopath. You can't stop a wall that's like got hands from the other side coming in to right. get you. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. You can't just call a drywall guy. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, you're calling the wrong person. No, I mean, that's that not point. Angie's list. That's right. that's Satan's list. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah, I never liked him. Right. And you and I used to remember how many guys from our youth group. Yeah. 17, 18-year-old, big, burly guys yeah. show up at my house at midnight crying, mm-hmm. watching a, one of those spiritual-type films. Oh, that would be... And they were like, upset. We, I heard, I, we really heard something like they. Oh right. And you know they and they were they were freaked out of their minds. So much so that they drove to their youth pastor's house as basically grown men. Yeah. You know, and I would just be like, guys, you know, number one, I mean, there is real stuff in the spiritual. World. I'm not saying understand it. Yeah. I'm not saying this movie accessed it. Mm-hmm. But I do know this: you can know a tree by its fruit, and like fear is only fun for a second. Yeah. And it can like fear is never from God. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you want to make yourself afraid. I think some people see it, though, like a roller coaster is afraid. Correct. Like, they're they're getting kind of like a thrill from, like, knowing that it's not real. There's an initial adrenaline. Yeah. But the topic right. messes with you. And it, it go, you get off the roller coaster, you're done. Mm-hmm. You get off of, the like, those over-spiritualized, you know, sort of demon-driven type things. Uh-huh. Like, I just, I, this, I don't know. We always still say, like, we're not going to mess with that stuff. We're yeah. just not going to mess with it. Like, sure. I, I think in ministry and in people's darkness, when they've been in darkness or yeah. I've been in darkness, you know, it's some of that is just like, a, I, I do believe, especially if we believe the Gospels, I mean, there are there is another set of realities happening. I'm not saying it's all, you know, um, left behind or or this present darkness and it's all like right around me right now there's a battle happening or whatever yeah. I, I do believe there is a battle happening of some sort i'm not sure that the extent of it uh but i know this i don't want to access it in the wrong ways yeah um because i just don't and i don't like being afraid it's not my it's not fun and the second thing you would tell those people is like stop coming to my house right it's late um, it's late 
Um, uh, I don't get paid enough for this. How did you get my address? Right. Who are you? Right. right. I did, it turns out I didn't know the kid Could you all. find another youth pastor, please? Right. There's another church down the road. That, There's so many churches. Ugh. They would love you, to have you. You're probably going to end up there anyway in six months if you follow Thank you. everyone else around here. <laughs> yeah, then I get all into my stuff. That's interesting. Is some stuff I'm writing right now for some people, uh, like early book stuff, about how when you parent... You, if if you if you don't learn, if you, the the greatest gift you can give as a parent to your kid is to understand how to organize your own internal issues, yeah, or at least being able to identify them and work through them. Otherwise, you will always parent through the lens of your own issue versus the lens of whatever your kid's issue is. Mm-hmm. And it was it sounds simple, but that's why we as a joke in the publishing industry almost like. Parenting books don't always do well because parents want you to give them a book about how to change the kid. Oh, right. They'll read that book, mm-hmm. how, how the kid should change. But Who's they don't want to read a yeah. book about Who how they should it change. Is it Margaret Thatcher or Mother Teresa? One of those two said. Mother Thatcher? Everybody, everybody uh, thinks of changing the world, but nobody thinks of changing themselves. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to change themselves. Right. Which is how we change the world. Or as you Michael start, Jackson said. Look at I'm... Starting with the man and the star. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's like, but he, but that you can't. Uh-huh. Like, if you haven't done some work to at least identify, you will assume their issue. Yeah, is the same as yours that you haven't identified. So you're actually stuck working on, or you're actually being hit by your own issue, not theirs. Right. So somebody was. Re- I read this thing the other day, and it was talking about how social media. People that just demonize social media sort of have it wrong. I don't know what age this person was that wrote this, so they're going to have their own perspective. But they really did make a convincing argument to me, this statement, and it was something to the degree of it's a perfectly designed algorithm that knows exactly what you've listened to, what you enjoy, and it gives you more of that. So really, when you look at social media, if you hate it, it's it's almost like a mirror. Hmm. And you're really kind of like, you're wearing the t-shirt of the band at the concert you're going to and you're like, this band sucks. Yeah. But you're at the concert and you're wearing the t-shirt of the band in essence is how I took what they were See, saying. I wonder about that because what if it just chose to show you something to kind of get your, and then you watch it for a second and now it's well, now they're it locked in. what you want to see. Sure. But I just, it's like, I don't know. I just think sometimes when people go, Oh, TikTok's the worst. It's all women in bikinis dancing around. You're like, buddy, you're telling on yourself. Right. Because that's not what TikTok is for me. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's something there where right. people kind of almost tell on themselves a little bit when they're... It's interesting. Yeah. Because if you got... Yeah. If you're telling us that, I don't know why these Every things... video is this. And you're like going, well, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Yeah. But I do agree that they do do things that kind of get you... And especially now that we know it's like freaking Chinese controlled or whatever, that there has been like instances of where you would call like anti-West propaganda. Yeah. Or at least somebody said this the other day that uh, I saw that on the talk show and they said, did you know that the TikTok that is allowed through the net? In other words, you know, they have the filters in China. So they have TikTok as well. Their version is like kids solving math equations doing. And so their version is different. Us is like kids falling off a building. Right. And doing dumb dances. And that trends, and so it's almost like, look how dumb the West. Let's out, see how dumb we can make the Westerners look and be, yeah. and get these trends going. Where they're let's eat Tide Pods, like they're allowing that through on our end, but on their end, they're like, 
We don't want our kids seeing that. Yeah, I don't know. I do think that part is interesting. But anyway, I I know we talk a lot about social media here, so I thought that was kind of an interesting, like, oh, yeah, I guess it is sort of, we're kind of bugged that the algorithm gets us. Because yeah. we talk about it all the time. It's like, why did the computer know that I – just because I, I went shopping for a sleeping bag online two weeks ago. Now it's nothing but sleeping bag ads. But that's kind of what we wanted the internet to be when we built it. It would be this all-encompassing right. that would help us. I wonder if think, – think of this little twist. Okay. What if, like, the reason you keep seeing it is is you're more entertained by being enraged? Yeah. So it continually not just shows you what you like. Right. It shows you what you hate because that's what you now are conditioned to do. Right. Well, for sure that there. for sure that happens. Uh, I'm listening to a podcast on uh, called American Scandal. It's my favorite history podcast. Sure, and, I'm glad you said history because I thought if this is not your favorite podcast, what are we even doing? Right. So they <laughs> I mean, a podcast that does doing, good things. They're doing Oklahoma City bombing and talking about how he was so wrapped up in Waco and government intrusion, that that's what led to the bombing and kind of how his uh, his radicalization happened. And it was pre-social media, pre yeah. really pre-internet. And so they, they did the whole story, four-parter, and then the fifth part was he was interviewing somebody who's like an adjunct professor somewhere about social media's impact on extremism. And he was talking about like how this is going to be a really hard thing to extract ourselves from because you can't have the government get super involved in something that's considered speech because it would almost be like telling the LA times because we're all a newspaper. Now we right. get to put out whatever we want. You can't just get involved be like LA tell LA times, Hey, you can't publish this. So that would be overreached by the government, but you can't, but we know that extremism has like the level of what they're calling polarization. And he had two levels of it. He called it one is like polarization. And one was, what did he call it? It wasn't extreme polarization, but it was basically a level of polarization where you go, not only is the other side not thinking like me, they are dangerous to the country, and I'd be okay with them not being here. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're seeing more people emboldened to say, like... If you don't like it, leave. Yeah, or, or, or the, even or like... you're not a real American. Yeah, or seeing people even say, like, I'm going to take out Democrats today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to whatever. It's not just I'm going to dunk on them. It's like... This country would be better if they were not here. And so that level of like extreme polarization has really thrived in social media. And part of it, and his answer to it was he had all, all this research he had done and looked up as well and seen all this peer-reviewed research about how engagement is driven uh, by negative reactions so much more. And that's why disinformation and misinformation is spread so much quicker because it's like – it con- it's confirmation bias, and then you just hit share before you know it because it's like, yep, I knew it. I yeah. knew they were responsible for my lot in life. You don't think to check it, and then it just goes and goes and goes, and it just gets in a loop, and we're in this echo chamber now that we, you know. And we, I don't know, I don't know what the solve is, but it definitely is something like he didn't have any easy answers. He said almost that he wanted like people to have be incentivized to not police speech, but it was almost like incentivized to. Stop disinformation at least, like you know, which they tried that during the pandemic with like fact checking things of like, yeah. well, this has been actually proven not to be true or whatever, and people got so enraged, you know, they they're, they're well, image- now they think that the that the 
the social media platform is in on the right. conspiracy. Well, the image was blurred out, and so that was. And I, I, I'm not saying that that's not possible. That right. It's not possible that there could be, you know, whatever. But this massive, like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I, we're kind of getting off the subject because I don't want to get into anything that political. But I do think it's interesting that is social media a mirror or is it this own thing? And maybe it's a little bit of both. Like we built Frankenstein's monster, and now it's out. Yeah. And it became something we didn't really want it to be. But how do we get it back? You can't get it back to the lab now. No, I don't think you can. And that's the scary part of it all. Like, I don't know how you literally have a generation who does not understand, you know, unless they have been putting their own limitations mm-hmm. on it or been put by yeah. their parents. Like, they, there is a, a time where reality is that um, to yeah. them. And it's true that it is that. It's making money. It's, you know, like it, it, it does have a reality. It's not just something fictitious. So there are stars being made. Yeah. And are affecting political we're, outcomes. We, we're and, stars. Johnny, what, right Where now, would we be without the internet? Oh, my goodness. <sighs> okay. So many. So many. Um, you know, and looking back at how we got here, Johnny. Yeah. Makes me think about <laughs> another segment that we like to do every week. It's the only segment we do every week. Oh. It's uh, This Week in History, John. We call it Talk About Then. John, uh, let me just ask you this. Mm. How far would you go to avenge uh, Laura's death if she had been killed in war? Was she a soldier? Uh, she was a soldier in this scenario. She's killed in battle. Okay. And you just go, this shall not stand. Was she killed by an army or by an individual that I can find? Uh, well, an army. And I you, want to go after an army? Yeah. Would you enlist yeah, to get I involved? En- I would enlist, yeah. Well, let's flip it around because here's what happened. Okay. Uh, this week, 1944, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. She's Russian. Maria, oh boy, Oktibriskaya was killed in battle because she had learned her husband had been killed fighting the Germans during World War II. She sold all of her possessions, bought a tank for the Red Army. Wow. You can do that? Her conditions were that the tank be named the Fighting Girlfriend and that she be allowed to drive it. Seen at first as a publicity stunt, she fought in several battles, proving herself an able and skilled tank driver. She then died of wounds received while repairing her tank under heavy fire after being hit by a German anti-tank shell. She was the first female tank driver awarded the Hero of the Soviet Union Award, the Soviet Union's highest award for bravery during combat. Wow. The Fighting Girlfriend. Why well, how's there not a movie about this? I know. Guys. Right? I'm this, I'm maybe. Writing, I'm writing that book right now. Maybe we need to know more. Like, it's one of those things where no. you dig in and it could be problematic no, in every way. Because right. it's the Red Army, so who knows? But, but I'm just saying. So yeah, this, talk about avenge me! Wow, she's out there. Yeah, no, that's I can't believe they let you bring your own tank. <laughs> she that's a, she sold everything she had. Mm. This is the thing. It's one thing to be like, I'm going to enlist, or I'm going to. She's like, no, I want to be a tank driver. Yeah, I brought my own tank. Yeah, Man. is it okay? Is it cool if I? Yeah, this you'll relate to this one, and you'll. This is a huge moment in history for us uh, as lazy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, March of 1892, the first escalator was 1892. Un- it was really? patented by American inventor Jesse Wilford Reno. The idea for his inclined elevator, air quotes, 
was originally part of his proposal to build an underground New York City subway. The subway proposal was rejected, but the inclined elevator caught on. So the subway didn't come for years later, I guess. But he had, he had like, I know how we can get steps down into the mm-hmm. sewer, uh, and we can make it electric. And they were like, I don't know about your train idea. But we like. But these electric steps are going to be something. Yeah. And so it included rubber-coated moving handrails. So he had the original design because it still has rubber. Co- the handrail kind of goes a little faster than the – you ever noticed that? I've never noticed Gaffigan that. has a bit about that. Like when the when the rubber part goes a little faster than the steps, you're like, see you up there, hand. <laughs> Just your hand takes off without you. Anyway. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and a comb of protected fingers on the end. So listen, he had the original design because wow. it still has the little – you, st- you ever see these people that pause a long time before they step onto that first step? Yeah. They look down and they wait. Timing it. Like, like no, has anyone ever, I'm sure people have fallen, but. Hey, it's Tai Chi. That's true. They're just kind of making like, sure they're in the. my time. Getting centered. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, the 18, so you're surprised you thought it was more recent or more? Yeah, I would have called that more recent. 1892. Yeah. I don't know if it was like, what was it, gas power? Or what was it running on? What was it? Electric is what it said. I guess. Uh, originally part of that. Steam. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Shirtless people are running on a, a, under the underside of it. They're running. (laughs) They're sweating. They're having to climb a real flight of stairs to make this one work. That could be. That's Uh, a whole thing. The first professional baseball team, John, 1869, the Cincinnati Red Stockings was organized. Uh, they later changed their name to the, I think they were the Red Legs for a while. Stockings. Yes. The Cincinnati Stockings. I think they were the red legs for a while, uh, the red legs, and now they're just the reds, uh, and they've been bad for a long time. Mm. But they were really good in the 70s and 80s. The team consisted only of 10 players who went on salary till November. They would post a perfect season of 67-0. and 0. But Were there wait, any other professional Yeah, hold teams? on a minute. I'm, I'm looking this up because this is a little confusing because it says, yeah, the first professional baseball team. Yeah, what are they? Who are they playing? <laughs> yeah, what do you know? We, know let's call it sixty-eight. No, like <laughs> what do you know? We won again. <laughs> yeah. They're just playing a bunch of scrimmages against themselves. Uh, the Ides of March, John. Beware! You got to beware of the Ides of March. Oh. Julius Caesar assassinated by a group of conspirators led by Cassius and Brutus, Marcus Brutus. Yeah, uh, according to the historian Plutarch. A fortune teller had warned him, beware the Ides of March. And see, I thought, and I, sorry, I'm off of my Shakespeare. The event was immortalized in Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar. The words Ides is from Latin, meaning to divide, and is the 15th day. Right. Did you know that? That's I why it's it was the, the Ides of March. Day. So I, it's said, halfway I didn't through know the, the Latin origin, per se. <sighs> <laughs> At one time, the Ides of March marked the assassination of Caesar by Vincenzo Caminici. What uh, now? Uh, it's, uh, hold on. I'm t- oh, hang on a second. Marked the. Oh, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm reading two sentences at once. At one time, the ads of March marked the new year, so they started their year. Huh. Uh, at, some, at one point. On, at the, the, on the 15th. On the. What the. With the. The uh, Julius. Julian calendar? Interesting. I don't know. I don't. I want to say Caesarian calendar, but that's not. I don't think that's. That's a different. <laughs> that's a different thing. It's a nine month calendar. Right. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, oh, here's one. This is a such a good one. Okay. Because, you know, we talk about, like, political history sometimes, and then sometimes there'll be a quote, and you'll be like, there's no way that really happened. Yeah. It's such a funny, like, you wish politicians could be this funny now. Yeah, please. Because they're just, like, either out of it or they're mean-spirited. Oh. This is, like, the perfect line. Like, Reagan had so many of those. But I did not know this just one. Just a little levity. You know? JFK, March 15, 1958, 
after having been accused of using his father's money and influence to buy the election, which that was still going on then, even back then. There were people accusing that stuff. Yeah, people, the accusations were happening. John F. Kennedy read a telegram that he said he had received from his dad. I don't know if he did this on the air somewhere. It said, Dear Jack, don't buy a single vote more than is necessary. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay for a landslide. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. That is like next level wow. just satire, next level snark. Right. Yeah. I, I wonder- oh, I bought the election. I've got a telegram from my dear old dad, and he reads this great. Wow. So good. What a great little uh, comeback. I wonder if our friend Allison Holland knows. I'm sure she oh, does. Oh, I'm sure. She's probably in a whole episode on it. She's like, you didn't watch the... Right. She's probably right You didn't now, listen like, to the... That is not accurate. It happened in 1957 or whatever. Yeah. Like, Allison, I'm right. sick of it. I'm just kidding. You're... John, you a great podcast. 1937, the first blood bank opened. Really? Uh, I'm assuming the Red Cross was involved or maybe that... I don't know. It doesn't have a whole lot of... Uh, it, that's it. That's all that's I have. It. That's all I have that's is the first blood bank your opened. You're a historian. You could turn your money into blood. Unbelievable. That's all I... What is the exchange rate for that? <sighs> I don't know. Can you get paid in... Yeah. Can I get some hemoglobin for some... Can I give some platelets? I remember when the first plasma TVs came out, it was a confusing thing for me because I would hear people like donating plasma and then a plasma television. Company. Right. They still make plasma televisions? I don't think so. Everything's LCD or... Um, uh, what do they call those now? LED displays. LEDs. TC, LCD was a... B. a TLC. Uh, That's a TV that chases waterfalls. <laughs> anyway, on, okay. Now. Last one, John. All right. Um, Hit me with it. Born uh, this week in 1932, American astronaut Alan L. Bean. Do you know what he's significant for? I do not. Here's this is the such this is such us. This is this is the best. It shows a lot about our culture. He was the fourth man to walk on the moon. Wow. In 1969. So it's like we know. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and then there's one other guy that I think we sort of know his name. Like, if I said his name, you would get it. Yeah. And then you got Alan L. Bean, and then you go, isn't that the catalog with the... Right. And it's like, no. the guy nobody really... Al L. Bean? Isn't that his... <laughs> <laughs> no, he was the fourth man, and so, you know, he just... Maybe he wanted that life of, like, look, I'm cool. Oh. I've made peace with my legacy. Yeah. I just yeah. want to come off the bench and contribute. To the moonwalk. What if he was like ready to be first and then he just gets, they're like, hey, could you go grab that wrench? That was, <laughs> and then he right came. now? Yes. And uh, then they, an ju- order. they all jump down. That actually is a little bit of a uh, plot line in um, that Apple TV Plus show called For All Mankind. Okay. Is like. It's the Russians and the Americans who can right the space race who can walk on the moon first because mm-hmm. they're you know and there is a like basically they sabotage the other one to see who can get out and and then I think yeah I want to say the cosmonauts I want to say that because I think a woman walked on the moon in that show first oh really perhaps I don't remember and I think like yeah she while there was an argument going on or something she like just darted out there yeah and became the first one. Amazing. And it was like, don't quote me, it's been a while since I've watched that show, but... I need to know exactly. Her name was... <laughs> I think actually she goes on to be the president, I think, in that show. In that show. Yeah. No, no, no. In this is real an alternate, life. alternate reality. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, a shout out to Alan L. Bean. Uh, yeah. He died in 2018. 
So he lived a long life. A long life. Born 1932, died 2018. So yeah, he had a pretty good run and got to walk on the moon. Yeah. If you believe that sort of thing. (laughs) Or he walked on a soundstage in Arizona. Uh, Either way, it's pretty good. Arizona's pretty great. I've never walked on a soundstage in Arizona. Nope. I've not even been asked. See, I've not applied or anything. Remember the old Twilight Zone where they go up and then they crash land on an alien planet and there's a four of them and a couple of them, like five of them, but then two of them die. So there's three left and they're trying to find food and it's a whole thing and they're blah, blah. And then they start turning on each other one by one and it's a whole thing. And and then one guy kills the other two basically. And then right as he gets over the edge of the ravine that he's been traipsing to try to find water he sees a sign that says now entering reno or whatever so basically they crash landed on earth wow and didn't realize it so it's the big twilight zone that's the uh-huh. big there's always the big reveal yeah of like you know you you didn't need to kill these guys they weren't like it was just the whole right. thing it's, it's always mistaken perspective yeah you were back on earth right. the whole time you were safe the thing you couldn't see was the reality well you as safe the most as safe as you late. can be in reno well, that's true. You can get He's like, no, I made a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Reno. Yeah. Any of our Reno fans? Yeah. I don't Listeners. think I've never been to Reno. I haven't either. Really? Out of all you your... I... Book it right now. I'm going to. I'm going to go online and look. Someone, some listener out there needs to, needs to get your organization. Maybe there's a comedy club there to bring in Johnny W. I want to say that I don't promote like individual dates a lot. I just say, go to the website and look at dates, but I do have a few coming up that I think are time sensitive. Okay. One of them is like 70% sold out and it's not till February of next year. Wow. It's a cruise. It's a marriage cruise. Wow. And evidently it's so popular that people rebook. They get the invite to rebook early and it fills up like halfway off the bat. So it's already like, there's only a few cabins left evidently. So if you want to go see me and a bunch of other, I'm sure it's authors and speakers. It's a Christian oh, thing. It's, a, threw that it's called the love. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wouldn't that be great if we could? Oh, I'll make it happen, John. It, I'm free next February. Are you? Bring it. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, it's called the Love Like You Mean It Cruise. So if you go to lovelikeyoumeanitcruise.com <clears throat> and you want to come with me and my lovely wife. Uh, yeah. And we're it's going to the... Leaves Miami, it goes to the Bahamas, it goes oh. to somewhere, uh, Costa Rica, I think, Ocho Rios. We are going to have the best time. You're going to stow away in my... I, I've got a big suitcase, I bet you could... I mean, maybe I could sell the... You've got till February to get down to about, I'm thinking 130, uh, you would need to be. I better schedule a surgery, because yeah, that's I'm not... get a bone saw out. Right, and take off a limb. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, no, I would, Johnny, but I, go to, I, here's the, I accept your invitation. Yes. So. Well, here's what you can do. If you go to lovelikeyoumeanitcruise.com, you could buy a ticket. I'm going to do it like Michael Scott does whenever his boss is like, you come see me anytime. Oh, you right. Know, like, I you bought said, a ticket. Yeah. yeah. I'm coming on Memorial Day or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Well, you should go see Johnny the Cruise, actually. That's gonna, that'd be a really fun event. It and, is. And imagine a listener who loves the podcast, right. loves Johnny's comedy. Wants to come hang out with me on the Lido deck? Wants to come hang out. Have a pina colada or whatever it we would be? It won't be weird at all when Johnny just like says, no, I'm sorry, and calls for security. But yes. it's fine. You yeah. won't know that until it's too late. Listen, there's all kinds of videos out about how to get yourself out of zip ties. Oh yeah, watch so them now. Let's get those get that information ready because you're you're probably going to need it. Yeah, and then you I, have a story to tell. Yes, because yeah. I do. I do have like a short fuse. Like if I feel in danger, I will be like, he immediately starts zip tying people. Uh-huh. I've never seen anything like it. If people come towards me, that's a red flag. Right. If you're walking like, towards me, like in the mall, even like at my merch table, 
Oh like my god! You gosh. walk up. That was such a great show. And like before when you get, get the words when you out. get to shh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm waving somebody over to right. tase you. You've already been demobilized. Yeah. By Johnny. Or immobilized. No, no. D. Demobilized is when someone takes your mobile away, and then you don't have anything <laughs> to bat when you're in the crib and stare at. That's great. I don't know. Check it out. Is there another show you want to promote? There's a few. I've got March 25th coming up. That's so. This will this podcast will release that Monday, but that Friday I'm in Dallas. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, that's a, a ticketed event. So you got to come look on the website for those tickets. Omaha, March thirty first. Johnny W. Johnny W. dot com. J o n n i e w. dot com. And then so a few dates in uh, April, Jonesboro, Arkansas, in mid April, April fourteenth, and then Colleyville, Texas. I'm doing their Sunday morning services. Nice. So a little bit of uh, comedy and maybe a little of a message. So Ooh. bring a friend, kind of a Sunday thing yeah. that I do. I do those sometimes. But anyway, so some things coming up. Just check out the website. Yeah, man, check it out. And go to Amazon. Check out John's uh, many, many book offerings. Um, yeah, that helps John pay his mortgage. It does. I will say this: I, as the teaching pastor of the church, have invited you many times to do one of those Sunday messages here. Yeah, and I need an answer in front of these millions of listeners right now. I'm going to say yes. That's it. That's it. Okay. Because usually it's like a well, uh, and I'm like Johnny. Because is it like a prophet has no honor in his own home? Is, it, or is that a, is that an actual scripture? Yeah. People always say that. Yeah, I just yeah, wonder if like, prophet has no prophet honor. Is, yeah. There's no. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember the exact phrasing of it. Yeah. There's something to that where homeless I have, can't come home. I have something felt. Like I have felt like we've done a bunch of events here, and it got to the point where we're doing so many every year yeah. that I felt like our crowd were were getting a little arm foldy. Yeah, like made you know, me laugh, Johnny. Yeah, so that made me a little bit pensive, but that's that's pride. I, I'll, I'll do better, John. That was a while ago. It is. We've already you've ran all those people off. That's <laughs> what you're saying. It's a whole new crew that can fold their arms in a new way. And the number one thing when they had signed up membership was we show, we started showing them Johnny W clips to see if they laughed. It was like you pass. Yes. Um, do you think you have things like that where you have like a little test, like if somebody is critical of. A, sh- a show that you love, you go, we're not going to be friends. Yeah. Do you have those? Um, sometimes. I will say this. There there are certain things that people say to me if they're brand new to the church, you know? Yeah. That sometimes I just head it off at the past now. Okay. I don't tell them to leave or something. I just go, hey, I just want you to know, like, I don't want you to be offended or anything, but here, this is what... Oh, you're talking about happens. something. I was just meaning, like, if somebody says that they hate The Office or, like, I don't know about you, but I've not seen one Star Wars movie. You're like, all oh, right, you're going to be a... This is not gonna what, do you, what do people say that you had off at the past, though? Um, well, one, like, we said... We don't joke. like Johnny W. <laughs> one, we used to have a joke that if someone came to me ever after a service and they said, Pastor John, I loved it. Oh, right. I will be back yeah. every week. If they uh-huh. said the words, yeah. I will be back every week, I would never see You'd them never again. never see again. If the magic words never come back. It was uncanny. I bet it happened literally 25, 30 times. Yeah. We'll just joke about it. So if they say that, I'm like, hey, you know what? Just, we'd love to have you back. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know, check out a group or something. You know, Does like, it go the other way if somebody says, that was the worst sermon ever, lose my number? I can't get rid of them. Then. You can't get rid of them. It's they like, stay. Yeah, they're around. It's uh, that negative engagement. It's that thing. Yeah. We're working on church negative engagement here. Uh-huh. Some might say we're succeeding at a, at a grand <laughs> level. but um. <laughs> A negative engagement model for your church. I like it. Yeah. Just to stir the pot. It's not the book you're expecting to be written. No. But, Johnny, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. The book you're not expecting, the which tro- is why no one tr- buys them. The Troll Church. Wow. Trollchurch.com. I bet you that's available right now. Uh-huh. And if not... Troll Church MJ. We're gonna have it. We're gonna have it linked directly to our website, which is what John. 
Uh, that's talkaboutthatpodcast.com. That's right. All the archived episodes there for you. Check those out. Yeah. And uh, if you want to go to our Patreon, we love our patrons. Uh, little packages on our way to the patrons Did this you send week. It? They're on the way. Just don't get don't get they're don't get all up in a tizzy about it. They're on the way. There's been some shipping. Oh, you know, I've got to get the. You know, I mean, it's work. I'm working on it. <laughs> We're efforting. This is like when your wife calls and is like, "Hey, have you left yet?" And you're like. Well, now, yeah, you can't do that anymore now, right? No. We all have these apps that just She's, tell you. I'm like, looking at Life360. We right know now. you, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> She's turned on your front-facing camera. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be long. There'll be an app that does that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That'd be no good, right? I, I don't I don't have anything to hide. When someone tries to call you and they, they initiate the call as a FaceTime, that's very presumptive to me. Right. Like, go text me or call me and go, hey, can we FaceTime real quick? That's fine. If you FaceTime but, me, I'm assuming it's an emergency. Because you have to reject the FaceTime out of hand. There needs to be a button that says, like, take the FaceTime, reject the call, say, I would love to talk to you audio, but I'm on the toilet. <laughs> the third <laughs> option. Needs that third option. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, want, I want you to hear me. You don't need to see any of this. <laughs> like, I assume, like, my daughter FaceTimed me from school today, which uh-huh. has never happened. Right. And I was in a meeting, and I was like, I got to take this. Because I'm assuming... Yeah. She's going to be like, look, Dad, the school's burning down or something like, you know, she's wow. going to try to show me something. Yeah. It was nothing like that. She wanted to tell me about a test grade and she was. But she wanted you to off. see the reaction. So it wasn't a great test grade. But so. you got you out of that meeting. So that's I, hooray for Sadie. Yeah. So I was like, are you OK? She's like, yeah, I'm great. That's one you know. Like, OK. You've never FaceTimed me before, but it was great to see your face, Johnny. See, unlike you, I like seeing the faces of the people that I love. That's so nice. So, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Uh, we want you guys to see more of our faces, which mm-hmm. is why you also, believe it or not, can watch this podcast on YouTube. That's right. And we post clips, too, to kind of tease yeah. uh, the, the, the full episodes, but those are available on our YouTube channel. We're about to integrate those videos into our web page on a different level where now each episode also has We YouTube. found a seven-year-old that showed us how to use a website. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should also check out though uh, the network that we're on which is called lifeaudio.com That's you right. can go to lifeaudio.com and you can see all kinds of other amazing podcasts uh, we actually have a an episode coming up soon we're going to do sort of a um, a collaboration yeah a collaboration with another amazing podcast from Life Audio so yeah. uh, go check out lifeaudio.com and see what other offerings they have for you there as well guys we appreciate every week the time that you give to us and we look forward to it again next week on Talk About That. God's power in your life. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.